I want to begin by asking you all a couple of questions. What is it that makes your faith stronger? If you're here this morning, you don't have uh, faith in God. What is it that you believe in? And what is it that you have faith in? And what is it about that thing that can make it, that faith really, really strong? Are there places where you can go or people that you listen to that can make you feel more certain about what you believe in? Maybe for those of you that are members of the church here, hopefully part of it's coming along to church on a Sunday that makes your faith stronger. Or it might be a small group or some time you spend on your own listening and praying to God, reading the Bible, maybe looking at the splendor of creation around you, listening to a beautiful bit of music. It could be, it could be many, many things. So what is it that makes your faith stronger? First question. Second question. What are the things that challenge your faith, challenge the things you believe in, the things that make you you question it or doubt it or make it harder to trust? Is it perhaps when you go through a tough time, you experience suffering, or you see somebody you know going through a tough time, suffering, facing some hardship or horrendous thing happens to them? Maybe deliberately at somebody else's fault or maybe just because bad things happen in the world. For me, if I can't get my head around something, I always want to try and find some kind of little nugget or glimmer of hope that I can hold on to, no matter how small it is. But what is it for you that makes you question what you trust? Two nice, easy questions to face relatively early on a Sunday morning. I think the answer or an sort of thing to think about that lies behind all of those questions is actually the idea of safety. I suspect if you thought of something, the things that made your faith stronger was things that uh, helped you feel safe and secure generally in what you thought and believed. And the things that questioned what you believed in were things that made you feel uncertain or unsafe, insecure. Whether we are safe is actually one of the questions that we as humans, and not just humans, even all creatures, I believe, uh, ask this question unconsciously a lot of the time. Am I safe? Am I safe? safe. If I told you the air in here was not safe to breathe, our instant reaction would be to hold our breath and run out. And we may in such a panic, we may run out of here and run right out into the road. And if there was a car coming, you wouldn't think, oh, I better get out of the way because a car's coming. You would instinctively know to quickly get out of the way if you could, because it wouldn't be safe for you to stay there. Our bodies and our minds are geared to look around and see what is safe for us. Birds will, in our garden will fly away the moment they catch a glimpse of our cat because they know it's not safe to hang around on the ground with our cat around. When my cat's sleeping on the bed, I'll run and jump on it sometimes because I behave like a big kid. It will immediately jump up thinking there's an earthquake or something, thinking it's not safe, then notice it's only me, I'm not going to hurt it, and settle back down quite quickly. 
You know, any new situation that we face, we go into, we are subconsciously asking, is this safe? Am I going to feel secure? Health and safety in this country uh, is part of our cultural identity now. I think it's gone too far, but that's another totally uh, a different story. We're concerned about it. It is important. And when our safety and security is taken away, we tend to feel threatened. It's the same in all areas of our life. And it's particularly true about faith as well. In this uh, morning uh, Sundays over the last term or so, we've been looking at some wonderful verses. We heard some this morning. uh, Some wonderful verses from the book of Romans, some different passages. And we've been looking at some of the incredible things that Paul has been saying. This book of Romans is basically a book that talks about the incredible significance of what it means to believe in Jesus, to understand the amazing good news of what he did for us. And we started off by looking at how the good news of Jesus was the power to bring salvation to all who put their trust in him, not just a particular ethnic group or a particular type of people, but that Jesus was there for all people to put their trust in. And the invitation is there for us all to do that. And we also looked at how this, uh, this gift of salvation was not something as well. It was open to all, but it wasn't something we had to earn. It was a gift graciously given by God, something that we receive from God through nothing that we do of our own. And this gift enables us to have a really close relationship with God, a place where there's no condemnation, nothing getting in the way of our faith. I think the Christian faith is awesome. And this morning what we're looking at is we're kind of looking at the end of chapter 8 where Paul is summarizing in, in a way the implications of what he has been talking about up until now. And spoiler alert, it's a pretty good conclusion. He's saying this good news of Jesus, this undeserved free gift, is able to bring us total confidence we are able to feel safe and secure in what Jesus has done to us no matter what we go through this series was not called faith assured for nothing it's because we can have confidence in what God has done and Paul summarizes all his points up until now by basically asking three questions uh, four questions and then answering them. And I'm just going to really, really quickly uh, run through them the, this morning. And the first one is this. So these are all addressed to the churches, addressed to people that have put their trust in Jesus. And the first question he says is, is there any enemy that can defeat us? And the answer to that question is no. In verse 31, he writes, if God is for us, who can be against us? He answers his own uh, rhetorical question. He answers his own question with another rhetorical one. It says, if God did not spare his own son, Jesus, his most precious gift, if he did not spare him from us but gave him for us, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Paul is saying, look, if we believe that God has given Jesus his son, that most precious gift, He willingly gave him to come to earth to die for us. This greatest gift, the greatest gift of all. 
How can we possibly think that anything else or anything is going to be strong enough to defeat that? There is any enemy that can take that gift away. Paul is saying God is on our side. He is with us. He wants us to succeed. Our success might not be the success that we think we deserve or want for ourselves. But God is saying that if we put our trust in him, along with the gifts and everything else that he has given us, if we put our trust in that, he wants us to succeed in it. He wants us to grow and bear fruit. There's passages in the Bible that talk about how if we remain in God, we are people that will grow and bear good fruit. Good fruit in the way that we live our lives, but also good fruit in others in the way that we treat them. Uh, this, small, um, this evening, we're going to be looking at uh, some of the gifts. We're doing a different sermon series, and that's what we're looking at tonight. We're looking at how God wants us to use our gifts, and that he does give us good gifts uh, to, to use. So if you're interested in that, do come uh, back at 6.30 tonight to have a bit more in-depth look at that. God wants us to succeed in life because God is for us. Put our trust in him and we will grow and bear fruit. I'm sure there are people here this morning that uh, are having challenges, things that are sort of running, yeah, that are running them down or running you down in your life obstacles that you're up against and you're not quite sure how to face them. Can I encourage you in that, just to come to God, seek his wisdom, seek his guidance in there. And I'm sure that as you do that, and as you keep seeking and going after him, God will make a path or a way forward clearer for you in that area. It's not safer just to go along with the crowd because it might seem easier. It's, it's more, we have more safety and security in trusting God and his path. That is what Paul is saying. The second question that Paul asks in this passage as well as in verse 33. But verse 33, he asks, is there, is there an accuser that can make any charge stick before God? I'm paraphrasing them slightly. And again, the answer to that question is no. Paul is reminding people of what he's been talking about uh, earlier on, that we are all people that make mistakes. We are all people that mess up, that don't treat other people uh, the way we should do. We don't even treat ourselves uh, the way we should from time to time. But Paul is saying again, he's reminding them of what he's been talking about, that there is forgiveness in Jesus. There is freedom. We're not saved in the Christian faith by what we do or what we um, haven't done, but because of what Jesus has done. There's nothing, Paul is saying, that anybody can throw against us that is going to get in the way and stop us having a relationship with God. We stand justified, righteous before God, the maker and creator of the universe. If you don't know what those words mean, the simple uh, way of kind of understanding them is if I... um, Sometimes I've got, I've got, not sometimes, I always have children, but sometimes when I tell them off, sometimes when I tell them off because um, they've done something wrong, is they, will, they can look down or if they've done something wrong, they cannot want to make eye contact with me because they know they've disappointed me and there's kind of like an invisible kind of barrier uh, there. 
And what Paul is saying here is actually even when we mess up, there is no barrier in our relationship with God. There's nothing that stops us coming to him. Yes, he doesn't want us to make mistakes. And yes, we're not free to go about our lives totally ignoring his advice and his goodness. But there is nothing that ever stops us coming towards him. We can come to him and look at him in his eyes, unashamed, not because of what we've done, but because of what Jesus has done. And there is no one that can throw any accusations or anything at you that is going to stop that. What great news that is as well. We don't need to worry about what people say about us because what God says about us is that I am with you, I am for you. There's nothing that's going to stop our relationship. And really closely linked with that in verse 34, Paul asks another question. Is there anyone that can condemn us? What does this mean? Well, I think this is very similar to the last one we've looked at, but maybe slightly different. It's about when when people speak down to us or, or make us feel less than we should be. Diminishing people. We're condemning people to be less than they should be. And this is about not listening again to those words that other people can say about us. Maybe not about mistakes or, char- or, or things that we've done wrong, but just when people put you down, uh, condemn you. Paul is saying, actually, in God, God is not going to condemn you if you put your trust in Jesus. He's not going to do that. He is going to see you through Jesus. And we get this awesome verse in there. I don't know if you spotted it when Andrew was reading it. At the end of verse 34, we're basically told Jesus is sitting at the Father's right-hand side, interceding for us. You get this picture of Jesus sitting at God, his Father's right-hand side, saying positive things about you in the Father's ear, praying for you, encouraging you, wanting us to succeed and do what the do and do the best. We have Jesus who came down to earth for us to die for us, wanting us to succeed. And we need to be confident that there is nothing that is going to get in that way that's going to make God look down on us. So we've had those three questions so far. And then we get to the, the final one. In verse 35, which is basically uh, sort of the the wrap-up, the ultimate question. Is there any situation that can separate us from God's love? Paul asks. And again, the answer to that question is no. This is not a promise of an easy life for people that put their trust in Jesus. Paul himself, who wrote this letter, did not have an easy life by any stretch of the imagination. He was beaten. He was tried. Um, people tried to kill him uh, several times. He was put in prison. He did eventually die for his uh, faith as well. But he knew that no matter where he went, uh, what he did, God was with him. There was nothing that could separate him from God's love. And that's what gave him such a passion to write letters like this, to go around telling people about Jesus because he knew it was the best, the safest, the most secure thing to do with your life. And that's why he wanted other people to follow him, to make it known to them. 
And in this, uh, towards the end, Paul even takes it one step further. He says, so none of that stuff that happens in our life, none of the things we go through or any of us ever go through is going to separate us from God's love. And then he says this, he says, no, actually in all those things, we are more than conquerors. We won't just be able to get through them, but we will be able to grow, bear fruit, have life through them all. Paul is saying that no matter what happens, we are safe and secure with God. Let me read the final few verses of that reading that we had to us again and let them just sink in. Paul says, verse 37, in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is some gift isn't it? Paul is saying that simply through putting our faith in one person, we can have safety and security in any trial that we go through in our lives, through any opposition that we face, through any mistake that we've made, or any mistake or deceit or or lie or act that's been done to us as well. With God, we are able to get through. With God, there is a win, a victory at the end of it. And even if the worst happens, which is death, Paul is saying that even in that, there is safety and security in God because our God is a God that is bigger than that. Paul talks about how Jesus died and then rose again. He defeated even that ultimate aim. That ultimate, um, that ultimate sort of enemy, death itself. Even through that, there is victory. And that's why I'm a minister in the church. That's why I get excited about our faith. That's why I can stand out to do a funeral this week that was a really, really difficult one. But I could stand there in confidence and talk about hope on offer in that horrendously dark time because I believe that there is hope in those darkest times, that what Jesus did really, really is more powerful than anything else we can face. So my encouragement and my prayer for us all this morning is that we know that safety and that security on offer in Jesus, in our lives, not just now, but each day, moment by moment, in those trials, in those difficult times that we're going through. But also, if we're in a good place, is to give thanks to God for the goodness we have received. Acknowledge him with us and keep trusting him and his path and his way each and every day and not be put off following him because we think it might be easier to take a different path because the safest and securest path is with Jesus. Amen.